It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. It's my great pleasure to welcome Mr. Jean LaRose to our show today. Mr. Jean LaRose is the CEO of the Aboriginal People's Television Network, and he joined the network in 2002. And since then, he has established it on a strong financial position of long-term growth. He also moved the network to a full-time definition platform and employs more than 150 people nationwide, providing opportunities for over 100 Indigenous producers in Canada. And he established APTN service in eastern, western, and northern communities. And that became a founding member also of the World Indigenous Television Broadcasters Network and has partnered which was really cool, with the 2010 Olympics that led the first ever broadcast in eight different indigenous languages, 14 hours per day. Mr. LaRose, it is, as I say, a pleasure to welcome you to the show. It's great to have you on the air with us. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for the very generous intro, too. Well, it's our pleasure. And, of course, um, you know, uh, if, we can, if we can look back a little bit, um, you took over the, the network early in its career, but it wasn't the beginning of its career. It came on the air, I believe, in 1999. Correct. Uh, the network was launched on September 1st, 1999. I had been involved previously with the advisory group that worked with uh, TVNC, the uh, precursor to uh, APTN, Television Northern Canada. Yeah. And we worked for over a year to define what the mission would be, the mandate, what the programming schedule would look like, how we would develop and grow the network. So I knew a fair amount of what APTN was meant to do. So when I was approached in 2002, uh, when they were looking for um, a CEO, uh, I felt that um, now was the time. And they decided that... uh, I should be the person to take over. Since then, it's been quite the ride and never a dull moment. What would you say have been the challenges that you've had to face uh, since you took over? Now, I know that, that one of the things that, that uh, APTN has had to do is always go back every seven years to the CRTC, for instance. Yes, we. Um, it, you mentioned every seven years, uh, relicensing with the CRTC. It's now every five years. The uh, CRTC has shortened the term of licenses. And what we have to do every five years is go back, demonstrate to the commission that we met all of our conditions of license, that we have also uh, been very prudent in how we spent our subscriber fees, and again, ask the commission to renew our mandatory carriage, which means that we are in every home that has cable with a subscriber fee attached to that um, subscription. This has been our lifeline. This is how we've been able to grow and survive. But it's an onerous process. It takes us about two years to get ready for the hearing because we have to go out, survey our audiences, uh, survey uh, uh, the uh, you know, all of our producers, try to get people to sort of focus on what we have achieved and what we'd like to do, develop a strategic plan to support our renewal, and then prepare an application and a full presentation to the commission. So it's it's a fairly demanding process, but at the same time, that's what we agreed to when we signed up to get a license, and we've been very successful up to now to demonstrate to the commission that we are a key player in the Canadian broadcasting landscape. 
and and that is such good news, of course. And and APTN has has certainly broke some great news stories over the years. Yes, the uh, we, since two thousand and one, when we had our first uh, newscast, it was a weekly event. We've really grown our news service. We've grown it into a full stable of reporters across the country. We're in fourteen soon to be 15 cities across the country where we have a reporter or a VJ. We've also established an investigate group and that team really digs into stories that are not covered by anyone else or if they are very superficially. So we've, the goal here was to go out and start telling our stories from our perspective not only to ourselves as a community, but to Canadians. When we talk about stories about child and family service issues, about how some of the children dying in care, uh, you know, whether it was Phoenix Sinclair or others, the group has worked very, very diligently to dig into the stories to find out what the reality was, was behind it, but also what were all of the circumstances and where is the system failing us? And they have been excellent at demonstrating that. I would argue uh, that a lot of the actions that have happened since, whether it's uh, you know, the human rights uh, decision or what have you, in part were led by a group of people that were determined to make those issues public. And with our crew making sure that they were publicized and they hit the desk of all the senior bureaucrats and the ministers every morning when they get their news package. Mm. Now, uh, Jean LaRose, you said our stories. I just want to uh, make sure everyone understands. Mr. LaRose uh, is uh, a member of the uh, Abenaski First Nation in Odana. Ad- 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 <laughs> Let me. S- can you say that for me? Sure. It's uh, Odanak. Odanak. And it's uh, Odanak in Quebec. It's mm. uh, near Sorel. Uh, it's the. Um, it's also the home of the Lannis Obamtawin. Mm. I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know Lannis. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We're from yeah. The same community. Yeah, and uh, she has been one of you know she is one of our top talent when it comes to filmmaking, absolutely, as well as pretty well a Canadian institution when it comes to telling Indigenous stories. Uh, so, did you know uh, Ellen, uh, Annalise? Did you know her growing up at all? Um, yes, because she's my mother's cousin. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> so there is a link there. Oh, that's that's you know, so cool. Full it is, disclosure. It is a small world. It certainly is. It is a small world. And I mean, Elenice um, was always sort of a trailblazer, mm. uh, even as a young person. And I mean, we see where she's gone to now, what she's achieved. Mm-hmm. And I think her, um, her, you know, her body of work speaks for itself. Uh, Elenice has created amazing, uh, you know, stories that have been told by the NFB. And also to this day, I mean, uh, you know, without divulging her age, um, she is, you know, a, a, well, a fair bit older than, uh, than I am, but she's still traveling the world to present her movies, to tell, talk to audiences, what have you. One day she's in Germany, the next day she's in Sweden, then she's in South America. She, she just never stops. I, I just hope I have the energy she does when I reach that age, because I, I'm not sure I could even do it today. <laughs> well, I hear you, and I've heard that about her. So, uh, and it's wonderful that she is still uh, still blazing that trail and doing the great work that she does. Uh, let's get back to APTN for a, a little bit, and if you don't mind going back and and talking about 
you, you know, from the early days to now, uh, it was mentioned, we talked about how you had established uh, different different feeds, uh, you know, eastern, western, northern feeds. There there was a time when I believe that the feeds were, were all one or it was divided into a north-south feed. Uh, can you describe to me how that and why that was necessary to change all of that? Well, it's not that we changed it. We built upon it. Mm. Um, we had the northern feed, which was meant to really keep the north connected. Uh, after all, TVNC was born in the north, and mm-hmm. you know, APTN wanted to make sure that they weren't losing anything from uh, partnering with the southern uh, communities and organizations to create APTN. And then the southern one was meant to cover all of the uh, so urban, broad range of urban centers, anything below the uh, 55th uh, uh, to um, ensure that there was uh, programming that would also be of interest to southern communities. What we did in creating the West feed was to create a time shift, because if you live in Halifax and the news was on at 6 p.m. Uh, Central, well, for Halifax, that is 8, mm-hmm. but for B.C., that is 4. So mm-hmm. we were having challenges in connecting with the audience because the key issue was the time shift. There was no time shift. By creating the West feed, it allowed us to create a time shift for the audiences from Manitoba West and at the same time make it closer to an appropriate time for them to watch the programming. And it was also a question of what's called the watershed hour. You have to be careful what you program in those hours because they're younger viewers uh, that might see it. So mm. shows like Blackstone, what have you, that were breaking ground um, were sometimes uh, not appropriate in, in which it would air on the, uh, on the east feed out west. So it was necessary to create that. And then we added the HD feed. We were the first network to go fully HD, the smaller players and maybe even some of the bigger players, uh, to give the audience that full HD experience. And we worked with our producers to create content that was truly HD, not upconverted. And um, that also gave us a big boost with our audiences. Uh, Jean, APTN was, of course, the first, uh, the first indigenous network uh, worldwide. And uh, I'm wondering, has that changed? Is there more indigenous networks now on board around the world? Uh, There are others. Uh, Australia has uh, the um, NITV, which uh, is uh, part of the um, uh, SBS uh, broadcast group in in Australia. In um, New Zealand, the Maoris have uh, their own television network. Uh, But also the um, indigenous Taiwanese have TITV, the Samis um, have a network, uh, NRK Sami, with the NRK uh, state broadcaster. So there are others that have grown since, and there are others who are hoping to develop, and that's the purpose behind uh, the WITBIN, the World Indigenous Television Broadcasters Network, is to help others create their own network, tell their stories, and where they don't have the resources to do that. We hope uh, at some point soon to be able to start, start taking some of their stories and putting them out there for people to hear and see what's happening to our communities in other parts of the world. Mm. Now, APTN, of course, like you said, is on basic cable across the country in, a, in every home that, that uh, does have cable. 
And um, it broadcasts 80% Canadian content through the three regions that we mentioned, ABT in West, East, and North. And also, uh, you, as you mentioned, you have the HD channel. But um, you have 56% uh, offered in English, 16 in French, and 28 in Indigenous languages. Is that is that a challenge for APTN in terms of filling those those uh, those quantities these days, or is, has has things changed? Uh, it's still a huge challenge because of the funding formula to help us create that programming. Mm-hmm. We um, we rely on the Canada Media Fund for money to sort of uh, support the shows we license. We'll offer the shows a license. The CMF comes in with you know a. a a contribution based on a variety of factors, and then the producers can tap into other things like a tax credits, labor tax credits, what have you, to be able to complete the uh, the budgeting process. Part of our challenge is the the fact that the uh, Canada Media Fund, which allocates funding to uh, the broadcasters to create their programming, has changed their criteria over the years, and they've put more emphasis on audience ratings. Mm. The issue with this is that our audience isn't measured. A lot of our community members are mm. in remote areas, rural areas, the north, everywhere else. None of those areas are measured. Only five or six major urban centers. Mm. And within those centers, if there are no indigenous people in their small sample of two or 3,000 people only, then chances are that we, you know, some of the others who... Some of the Canadians who might tune us in sporadically will show up, and from that they extrapolate a national picture. Mm. But we think that system is totally unfair and is not a reflection at all of our audience. But that's how we get our funding. And that's become a major challenge since every, the cost of production is going up. Mm. Key shows like dramas are very expensive to produce. You're looking at on budgets of six, eight, or more. I mean, some of the big budgets... Um, shows that the uh, CBC and others do are in the $20, $25 million range, and we can't even match that. Yeah. So the, our challenge is in being able to create all the programming, get the language versions, or create the programming in language and then version it in English with our resources. And it's a growing challenge. We've made representations to the CMF, to the CRTC, but until the um, audience measurement system is changed, we will be uh, in a sort of a in a difficult position to justify how many people watch us. Mm. Uh, Jean, you mentioned earlier, and we talked about this a little bit about the in-house programming on news um, and and mm-hmm. some of the more in-depth news coverage that you do. But you also, and this is alluding to what you were just talking about, the you, you know you outboard a lot of stuff to to other people, and of course uh, in the last. 20 years or so, uh, technology has advanced and changed rapidly. Um, how, has, how has that changed things for a network like, like APTN? It's had a huge impact. Uh, the audience uh, is initially slowly, but now it seems more rapidly moving away from traditional linear broadcasts to um, online viewing which means that we have to start offering our programming online. We have to find ways to follow the audience, either through a streaming process or through a, another service. And that's what led us to create APTN Lumi. Lumi is an OTT, an over-the-top service that you can mm-hmm. subscribe to, but where you can watch our programming 
uh, entire series at a time. So if you're interested, say, to watch um, our show Quest Out West, uh, which is you know about um, gathering uh, traditional food and their food preparation and everything else, as well as medicines and uh, you know other related uh, matters, then you can watch the entire an entire season in an evening if you uh, if you are so disposed. <laughs> and we're starting to um, get some traction with that. We just uh, formally launched this October first. We're promoting it quite heavily, and we think that uh, you know it will reach a, a large number of Canadians, uh, both from our communities and outside, who are interested in our programming, but right now aren't really interested in waiting for Thursday night at 8 p.m. to see the next episode. Here they'll be able to see the whole series and actually follow possibly, for example, uh, some shows travel to other countries, Marmalade. So they'll be able to follow the episode by episode and actually follow the trail that the, uh, they did in that season, the countries they visited and the foods they prepared. So it's been a huge challenge for us. It's a challenge for our producers too, because they're being, you know, they're being pushed to do things differently um, but within the limited amount of money we have. So for many of them, uh, you know, APTN is not an overly enriching experience, but at the same time, most of them strongly believe in what they are doing, what we're doing, and they are very supportive of the network. We have to make sure that we maintain that good relationship over time in order to keep producing the programming that we do. Mm. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses. This is Moment of Truth. My guest is Jean LaRoste, and he is the uh, CEO, the Chief Executive Officer of the Aboriginal People's Television Network. It's a pleasure to have him on the show. And Jean, you you, you know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the CRTC. We've talked a little bit about the beginnings of the network. Uh, we've talked about uh, the in-house programming, how APTN does a great job with the news uh, we're into an election right now, and uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, people will be going to the polls. APTN plays a big role in in covering news stories, uh, especially in in regard to, of course, uh, indigenous issues uh, throughout the election. Yes, and uh, last night, for example, we aired the um, English language debate mm. uh, between the six uh, party leaders. We also had a pre and post show made up of uh, individuals that made comments that you know provided their thoughts and reactions to the debate and the issues raised and the answers provided. Uh, we'll be doing that again for the French language debate on Thursday. And on the night of the election, we have a full slate of coverage. We have an election desk and everything else. We'll be following the results very, very closely. Uh, I think it's you know it's a turning point in the uh, relationship between Canada and uh, the Indigenous communities. We have seen in 2015 sort of a a move to greater recognition. It didn't necessarily materialize to the extent that expectations had been built up to. But at the same time, the one thing we don't want is to go backwards. So, you know, how our community will react to the opportunity and the options provided to them and what they will do, I think, is really important because it'll set the course for the next four years. And uh, there certainly is hope within our communities that progress will keep happening and we're not going to go back in time. Mm. 
I'm glad you mentioned uh, election night and the coverage because that brings us uh, a little bit forward to something uh, here at Element FM. Now, for people that don't know, um, and, and, and Jean, I hope we, we can talk about this a little bit, and that is that APTN uh, got involved in radio. And, of course, Element FM is part of the family of APTN now. Um, why was it that APTN thought uh, it was, a, it was a, a good call to get into radio broadcasting and establish Element FM? Well, we've always felt uh, from, you know, from day one that there needed to be a radio presence in major urban centers across the country. A lot of our community members have moved to urban centers. We're now, depending on whose numbers you believe, between 55 and 60% of our community members live in urban centers. So it's important to reach them. It's important to stay connected with them. And it's important to present to them a point of view, uh, you know, uh, a programming of music, of uh, uh, you know, shows such as Moment of Truth that speaks to the stories that are important to them. And AVR had been launched with that mission. Unfortunately, through a variety of challenges, uh, you know, it, it didn't work for them. So given the fact that those frequencies that uh, were left remaining with AVR became available, we asked the CRTC for the opportunity to be licensed for them. We got two of the five licenses that were up for grabs, uh, Toronto and Ottawa. And what we're trying to do in those uh, centers is really create an opportunity for you know our community members, but also for Canadians in general, to tune in to you know, the wide variety of music that we have, the incredible artists in our communities, the music they create, the, uh, and also listen to news items and to other stories that are reflective of our daily reality, but through our eyes, not filtered through anybody's eyes. Mm. And radio still connects with a lot of people. It still connects. If you're stuck in your car for two hours going into work, you've probably got a radio on. Uh, because if you're texting or watching a video, you're in trouble. <laughs> so we seriously believe that a lot of people have their radio on. Now, some might be on satellite radio, but others are just on you know, over-the-air signal. We've uh, launched uh, both stations in HD, so people have a high-quality sound. And we think that the audience is reacting very positively to what they're hearing. They like the music mix. It's different. And they're also discovering a whole new level of talent that they didn't even know existed because our artists usually aren't given an opportunity on mainstream radio to uh, to be heard. Mm-hmm. And here through Element, we've got a whole range of artists that are exceptional and people are connecting with them. So mm-hmm. it was important for us to go in those urban centers and we hope over the coming years to be able to expand into other markets as well whenever frequencies are available or partnerships can be created with you know, established uh, radio stations and other networks so that we can keep expanding our reach across the country and reach our community members, uh, our citizens everywhere across Canada. Mm. Uh, Jean, something you alluded to earlier was AVR, Aboriginal Voices Radio, which of course was another another uh, uh, Indigenous station that started up some time ago, uh, but uh, unfortunately was not able to stay afloat. And and uh, those frequencies you mentioned came came available: one hundred six point five in Toronto, ninety five point seven in Ottawa. 
Now, uh, on election night, and having uh, having said that, of course, the Element FM is going to be partnering with APTN in bringing uh, some live coverage to the airways. Uh, and we're very much looking forward to that and very uh, proud to be able to, to partner with APTN on those things. And we're happy that the Element uh, will be also bringing the, the results uh, as instantaneously as possible to their audience. As I said, for many of our citizens across the country, this is a key election. It's a turning point, possibly. And there is a fair amount of concern as to which way it may go and what it could mean for us. Certainly, we're hearing that at APTN, and I'm sure you know you are hearing it too uh, within your, your news group at Element. So it'll be, for us, we're really happy to be able to broadly uh, share that content and make sure that people can tune in and listen. And uh, I, if I believe also it'll be streamed for people who want to go to our website and actually watch the uh, the evening play itself out uh, live streamed on uh, aptn.ca. Mm. Great. Now, um, the other thing I, I wanted to mention was, I guess it's it's about moving forward, Jean. APTN. Uh, what what do you see for the future of APTN? Well. Um, we have some pretty ambitious ideas for the future. Like I said, we've launched Lumi, our over-the-top service. Uh, we hope to be able to give it eventually worldwide distribution, uh, acquire the worldwide rights to the programming so that you know people around the world, whether they be indigenous or not, can actually view the stories, hear them, and you know get to understand better what the reality of an indigenous person in Canada is. We're also looking at, as I said earlier, expanding the element uh, network across the country. We also have an independent production house that has been helping us produce uh, in-house programming for the benefit of our audience. That's also streamed live, what have you. There are quite a few initiatives being discussed right now within with the board and the, the senior management to ensure that APTN sort of keeps growing to ensure that there is always a voice out there that speaks to our issues, speaks to our citizens, and can relay their fears, their concerns, but also their accomplishments and their achievements to them amongst themselves and to all Canadians. And as we go forward, I suspect that Canadians will see APTN becoming involved in a few different initiatives Mm. Uh, right now. I can't really speak to them because we're just discussing them broadly, but they will allow us to uh, grow our presence across the country and to ensure that we have a stable financial future uh, going forward. Mm. Now, I know you have to run uh, off uh, to another appointment, but before we go, I just wanted to touch on a couple of other things. Uh, one is uh, you mentioned music and artists. I think uh, Murray Porter is a is a is, is a big is a uh, is someone you like to listen to. Is is that not true? Yes, Murray Porter is one of those artists I like. Uh, there are a few others, uh, Julian Taylor, and uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously I'm plugging one of their own here, but I still <laughs> love it. I still love his music, uh, and you know. I don't want to get into too many people because uh, people that I'm not mentioning may feel that 
I don't like them, and that's not the case. Mm. But certainly we have a wide range of talent, and a lot of them are you know, artists that I just love listening to, uh, Crystal Shawanda and others. Mm. Uh, they sure. all have unique talents that bring something, uh, you know, that not only tell a very good story, but do it in a way that to me is so representative of the way we tell our stories that it's second to none. Uh, these artists are incredible. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, uh, of course, uh, you mentioned uh, Julie, Julian Taylor. Uh, I share the airways with him here in the afternoon. It's great to be on the air with him. And, um, uh, uh, of course, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, uh, is is that um, we at Element FM play 25% Indigenous music uh, to promote as many artists as we can. So, uh, that, as you said, it's a great place for people to come and catch uh, as many of those artists, and we like to promote any and all Indigenous artists when we can. Now, Mr. R- Mr. Rosa, I want to mention also that uh, over, over the years, uh, you've, you've sit, sit on a number of boards. You've also uh, received a few awards in your, in your past career. You received uh, one from the Inspire Awards for the Media and Communications in 2011, you a Champion of the Year Award from the Human Resources Management Association of Manitoba in 2015, and uh, most recently, and I had the pleasure of being there with you, and that was uh, where you received the Transformational Institute for Leadership and Innovation Award So uh, for, for, uh, for 2019 and Media Award. So congratulations, and it was a pleasure to be there with you uh, at that at that table. Thank you very much. I think the uh, you know those are awards that I, um, I I feel I need to share with the entire APTN element and other crew because transformation and change and you know positive movement only happens when we all work together and. Certainly within APTN, with an element, what have you, we have very, very dedicated people to take that message out, to tell those stories. And you know, the award for me is nothing more than a recognition of the work that everybody has done to bring us to where we are today. Mm. Now, looking down the road, uh, are we able to talk about that you will be soon, soon departing from APTN? Uh, yes, my mandate ends at the end of December, and uh, right now there's an ongoing process to uh, identify who will replace me. I don't know who that person is. Uh, that will be made public by the board um, in due time. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not involved, so I don't know exactly what the timetable is. But certainly for me, uh, the um, you know, I will be riding, I won't say in the sunset, I'll say in the sunrise because I'll be heading east uh, towards Odenek. Uh, but at the same time, I know that APTN will be in good hands. We have a very strong board, a very dedicated board. Uh, we've worked together to elaborate a very, very specific strategic plan, very clear one that sets the direction for the next five years. So, I'm happy where, with where APTN is. I'm sad to be leaving, but at the same time, the time was right. It, time was, it was time for somebody else to take over the helm, come in possibly with new ideas, uh, establish new relationships, go in, you know, in that direction, but maybe with uh, a different perspective for it. As for me, um, certainly I plan to remain involved with the community. There are many things that I think I still can contribute to our communities, and I'm hoping to be able to um, uh, sort of a, 
remain not only very active, but help create opportunities in a variety of areas, maybe, uh, for our citizens across the country. Mm. Mr. John LaRose, it's been a pleasure having you on the show with us today. I greatly appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man. We'll let you uh, head off to your other appointment. But once again, uh, merci beaucoup for joining us on the air and, uh, and taking this time to, uh, to share that uh, information about APTN, its history and its future. My pleasure, David. It's been great to be with you, and um, I wish uh, the audience, yourself, uh, an amazing day and evening. Thank you very much. That is Jean LaRose. He is the Chief Executive Officer of the Aboriginal People's Television Network, and he is a citizen of the Abenaski First Nation in Odenac in Quebec. That's Element FM, and we're going to leave you, I think, with a song by Murray Porter uh, as we head out uh, off the air today uh, as we uh, want to honor Mr. LaRose with uh, one of his favorite artists. And that's uh, Element FM for today and Moment of Truth. Thanks for listening.